game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Ekholm up the left wing side for Kane. He goes across to try settle. Now to Fogel. The breakaway. Scores! Warren Fogel snaps it home. Stick side on the cord. And the Oilers have a 3-2 lead. Make it a dozen. 12 consecutive victories for your Edmonton Oilers tonight at Rogers Place. The Oilers once again rally from a 2-0 deficit and they knock off the Seattle Kraken 4-2. Leon Dreisaitl also scored and had three assists for a four-point night. Zach Hyman scores yet again a late power play goal, his 27th of the season, and the Oilers just keep figuring it out. Stuart Skinner, another good game in net, 25 saves on 27 shots. So a 12-game winning streak, one of the best ever in the history of the NHL. There have been 19 winning streaks of 12 games or longer, including this one. And the Oilers bump up their record to 25-15-1 on the season. They aren't allowing very many goals, folks. I mean, they gave up some breakaways in the first period. They weren't great, but they were able to figure it out by the end of the night. That is 10 consecutive games the Oilers have allowed two goals against or fewer. Pretty remarkable for a team that struggled to keep the puck out of its own net earlier in the season. Thanks a lot for joining us. Coming up on 5 after 10 in Studio 99 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford. Overtime open line. A game in which uh, the Oilers weren't great in the first period. Gave up a breakaway to Tolvanen. He scores. Gave up a breakaway to McCann. He scores. Gave up a breakaway to Tanev. He almost scored. Puck went wide off his backhand on the breakaway, and then the Oilers started to take over in the second period. Warren Fogel got his eighth of the season. Kind of a long rebound that came to him on the left side. Shot it from a bad angle. Decord almost got across, but it goes in off the side of his body. Oilers get a power play shortly after that. Dreisaitl to Hyman. Stopped. Rebound right to Dreisaitl. Flicks it from the side of the net off Decord. And then the highlight we played Fogel on a breakaway from Dreisaitl and Kane. Kane's second assist of the night in his 600th point of the season. So the Oilers turned a 2-0 deficit into a 3-2 lead in the first 7 minutes and 38 seconds of the second period. Big video challenge by the Oilers was successful. Alexander Wenberg did score with a minute 52 left in the second period. Seattle was offside on the far side from the puck, making a change. One of the guys going to the bench had his skates creep over the blue line as he was waiting to get into the door and then uh, an ugly hit with 3.34 left. Yanni Gourd leaping into Matthias Ekholm created a big scrum in front of the net. It was a five minute charging penalty. Ekholm did get two for roughing. Because that was in the last five minutes of the third period instead of going two minutes of four on four and then a three minute power play they just give a team an immediate three minute power play and Hyman wrapped up the game on a pass from McDavid whose assist uh, whose point streak goes to 12. You know it's funny uh, I never knew that rule about the power plays that if it's under five minutes they would change it to a three minute power play. I've never seen that before in my life and I'm like all of a sudden they announce it'll be a three minute power play I'm like huh there's something new you don't see every day, so that's kind of cool. That uh, and it makes sense because because it happened with exactly two minutes left. Yeah, and so the Oilers would have been down a goal. 
they don't get a power play with a guy potentially 100 percent so it, it yeah. makes sense it uh they 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 do that yet i don't know when they they did that rule wasn't I think in play. it's a relatively recent rule yeah it yeah. wasn't when i played that's for sure because i remember one time chris nylon attacked me and he got he got like 31 minutes and i got two but it was in the last two minutes of the game so we played four on four even though we had a 31 minute had a 29 minute power play. yes um again i, I when you win 11 in a row, 12 in a row, not all of them are great. Uh, you have to find different ways to win. I thought this one was sloppy at times for the Oilers. Gave up a bunch of odd man breaks early in the game. Turned the puck over more than they probably wanted to. But good teams find ways to win. And good teams find different heroes each and every night. And tonight it was the, the, the Oilers' second line. Uh, Leon is having a nice year. Leon is not having a Leon Dreisaitl year, what you would expect him to have. Tonight, Leon Dreisaitl was all-world. Uh, he was outstanding in this game. The main benefactor of that was Warren Fogle. Uh, but this was a game that the second line of the Edmonton Oilers put the team on their back and found a way to get this Oilers team two more points. 4-2 the final, so a 12-game winning streak for the Oilers. They're also 20-3 and in their last 23 games. So pretty impressive. Seattle had won nine in a row. They've now lost three straight. Uh, let's just talk about this uh, quickly because Oilers fans will be upset about it. I, I, in, in my mind, that's a sp- suspension for Gord. Now, uh, I, I we, agree. We, we, we've proven that our attitude is stricter <laughs> than the NHL has at times. Well, I, I'm, I'm all about uh, more suspensions, longer suspensions. I think that uh, the only way that some players will understand the severity of their actions is by taking away their paycheck. I uh, he was, Gord, Gord was upset off the face-off. Now, I didn't see what happened off the face-off, but obviously he got clipped in the face by McDavid. I didn't see it, nor did I see a replay. And he and McDavid jawed. Uh, and, we've, and it's not just Yanni Gord that has done this. I, I know every player at some point in his life, the eyes start rolling in the back of your head because you're mad that something happened, nothing was called, and you're going to get even with the first person you have a chance to get even with. And that's what he did. He ran Ekholm. Now, if he would have ran Ekholm and kept his feet on the ice yep. and hit him hard, that's fine. You know, you got your retribution. I went out, I was mad, and I, and I got it. But he jumped. And to be able to hit Ekholm in the head with your shoulder, you have to jump quite high. He's a monster of a man. Uh, it, it was an easy call. I like the fact that they called a five originally. That way they can watch the video. I think that's the way it should always be done. On anything that's, you know, 50-50, call the five. And if it, you watch the video and it's not, we can move it back down. Uh, but, yeah, I, I agree that should be a suspension. Um, there, was, there was intent. He went in there with intent to inflict some pain, and then you don't need that in a hockey game. And, and if you're at home, you're like, okay, seriously, that guy over there stuck you. I didn't stick you in the face. Why are you coming after me? And I give Ekholm credit. He's like, you know what? I'm coming. I'm going to get my piece of flesh, too, when he went back at the net and made sure he found Gordon and put him down. Yeah, well, McDavid wasn't happy with him either. As uh, it, w- it was a bit of a chippy game yep. at, at times. Uh, I mean, there was the other uh, hit. Who was that that jumped? That hit McDavid? In the first period. I had written it well, down. Well, Cartier, no, Cartier hit him behind the net. Uh, and McDavid and Cartier had words inside the blue line. It was a clean hit, but he did hit him behind the net in the end that the Oilers... Oh, Larson got called for boarding. Oh, yeah. 
That one had, Larson jumped in. He jumped at Hamlin. Yeah, it wasn't as bad. No, as but the, he still left his feet and, which, and didn't have to. Or left, sorry, left the ice. I know he didn't leave his feet. His feet. So obviously Ryan Rashog talked to you about that too, like he's talked to me when I said that. Um, but yet we all know what we mean. The thing is with Larson, he doesn't have to leave it. He doesn't have to leave the ice to hit Hamlin. I mean, he's yeah. got Hamlin by about eight inches. Uh, it, it was a little physical. Now I know that. Uh, I, I'm in the press box. I can hear Bob, and I know he was not happy with the referees. I don't agree that the referees were that bad. I thought uh, I thought it was well called. I thought the, the penalties that were called were the right calls. I do believe that they got the five-minute major 100% right. Um, uh, it's but it was it was chippy and. Uh, <laughs> just I don't know when they play. Do they play again this regular one season? Yeah, one one more. more. Well, that could set up to be a fun night too, because I think there is a little ill will towards the tw- between the two teams now. Four two, the Oilers win it, and the Oilers go two for five on the power play. So, a big night for the power play, given its recent performance. Presented by Conlon Motorsports to help get you out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online at conlonmotorsports.ca. I should mention both teams had a power play that lasted 19 seconds, but officially the Oilers two for five, and Seattle 0 for five. So Edmonton's penalty kill has another great night, five for five. They killed off a man disadvantage about halfway through the third period when Nurse got yep. called for holding. And you've said this before, Rob, and I, I really noticed it tonight. Like, just aggressive. Those mm-hmm. forwards up top trying to pressure, you know, usually the high point man and the two guys on the flanks. And I, I didn't feel like Seattle had a, an overly dangerous chance on any of their power plays. No, I agree. And, and what happens when, you, when you're really, really aggressive, you're forcing players to make decisions quickly. And then you're also forcing players to make and receive passes cleanly. Because if there's a bobble at all, because you're aggressive, you're going to get to that bobble and you're going to be able to whack it down. Uh, when you're not expecting the aggressiveness, you hesitate when you're making the play and the others jumped all over. Their penalty killing has been outstanding. Now, I don't know uh, if this is all Chris Knobloch's doing or if this is the coaches got together and said, here's what hasn't worked in the past, let's try this. But whatever they have done, it has been game-changing. Their Oilers' penalty-killing unit is winning them hockey games. Yep. And that's not something that you and I have been able to say in the number of years we've played together, or we've worked together. So good on the penalty killers. A big reason that the Edmonton Oilers right now are 19-3 and or 20-3 and in their last 23 games. Uh, yeah, I'm just, they've just changed the Oilers' power play stat to two for four. Anyway. Okay, because Borgen and... Um, Fogel went off at the same time at the end of the game to the first of the penalty box and then right off. To, well, no, the no, what's really funny about all of that too is uh, Fogel not happy with the call and it, <laughs> I, he, he stumbled on purposely into the back of it was a Borgen that he hit and then Borgen it was a wicked slash. Yeah. So Fogel gets. In the penalty box, he's not happy because he didn't want to take a penalty because he knew that the Oilers were trying to get him the hat trick. Yeah. Says something to the referee while in the penalty box. And it's funny, the ref is actually on mic when he says, all right, you can leave now. Yeah. Kicks him out. So he gets kicked out of the game. Yet, he was first star in the game, and he came back out fully dressed for first star and, and got to throw the hat into the stand. So I thought it was funny. So when he's probably walking down the runway, so there's, a, a, a guessing a girl down there that says, hey, hey, hey. 
your first star. Can you wait here? He's like, yeah. absolutely. Well, the last minute, he's probably going to wait to go on the ice for the celebration. Uh, no, most players wouldn't. Most players go to the dressing room. There's no big deal going on for a celebration. So, But it was kind of funny that he came out there at the very end. So Fogel, the first star. Drysaddle with four uh, points tonight is the second star. Stuart Skinner, the winning goaltender, is the third star. Before we give out the fourth star, Rob, I mean, we got to talk about Skinner again. He, he stops 25 out of 27, kind of right in that same range that he's been at with save percentage. He was beaten twice on breakaways, faced yep. a third breakaway in the first period, and if he's he's just locked in, he just looks steady. I mean, I'm not going to fault him for giving up. I know he stopped some open chances, and he stopped a couple in the second period, not not breakaways, but good saves. He's just so calm and under control. Well, he is, and, and he's not giving up the back-breaking goal. Uh, you know, the the Oilers give up. They, they don't have a great defensive first period. They're down 2-0. Uh, and it, if anything else sneaks by Skinner and they fall behind by three, all of a sudden uh, the road up is that much harder. He just, he seems to, when he gets to a point in the game where he can't allow a goal, just for the team's sake he can't allow a goal, he doesn't. And he, he doesn't look under duress. He doesn't look um, rattled at any time. He's a guy that the goal came up, beat me. All right, I'm going to pull it out of the net and I'm just going to stare at center and wait for the next shot. He's been excellent. To me, after last game, we're upstairs with Bob, and I said, okay, here's one thing. Here's a question for you, Bob. The Oilers play three games this week. Skinner played tonight, and normally you would see Skinner, then Pickard, then Skinner. But I'm like, the most important game is Seattle. They're the team that's playing the best. They're the team that's getting the closest to the Oilers in the playoff standings. It would be a more important game than Toronto. I said, you, would you go back with Skinner? And I think that that's what the Oilers are doing. That the schedule is so favorable right now for the Edmonton Oilers in January with rest that they're able to play Skinner again against a, a Seattle team and push them two points further behind them in the standings. Uh, and it just it's it's hard imagining not putting Skinner in the in the net night after night after night in January because he has been that good and does not look at any time like there's fatigue is set, set into his game. Our fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. We can pick different guys if we want tonight. Uh, I'm going to go with a guy who played 1550 and played the most shorthanded minutes for the Oilers tonight at 4 minutes and 14 seconds. He also had three shots on goal. I'm going to to Vinny DeHarnay. I mean, Vinny, he gets a four-star just for jumping up in the play that one time. I thought he was excellent in this game. He has been playing very, very well as of late. Uh, he got into a, a physical battle with Austin Matthews last game, getting under his skin. Uh, Vinny just continues to improve. Yeah, 100%. Vinny was good. Uh, and the the other four stars, I almost doubled down on Leon Dreisaitl's night tonight. You know, he had four points on the night. He was 13-1 and one in face-offs 93%. tonight. 93%. A, a dominant performance by, by Leon Dreisaitl. But yes, Vinny DeHarnay was very good in this game and continues to improve as a, a third-pairing defenseman for the Oilers. Yeah, CeCe also played 3-11 shorthanded. Connor Brown played 3-37 shorthanded. Uh, empty netter. <laughs> it's like you and I were both. We both. So we sit up, and the people don't they don't see where we are, but we sit in the booths upstairs, booths beside each other, and we sit. But we have a glass partition between us, so we can see each other. If something happens on the ice, I lean forward, we lean forward, and we kind of do sign language. Sometimes it doesn't work. We have no idea what we're saying, but we try to talk back and forth. But when Connor Brown picked the puck up, we both stood. Like, we both stood, and we're thinking, this is the moment. We kind of had that eye contact. This is the moment. And then I'm like, and then it's like, oh. 
It's like just the letdown. You're thinking, and you could see he had frustration. Again, it, Ryan, Ryan McLeod, his season offensively did not start until he scored an empty net goal. Yep. It just turned everything around. Yep. And there was that one moment tonight where you're like, if Connor Brown scores this empty net, maybe lightning in a bottle will happen again. Unfortunately, it didn't. So a 12-game winning streak for the Oilers. Again, if you miss it off the top, there have been 19 winning streaks of 12 games or longer in the history of the NHL. The history of the NHL. And the Oilers now own one of them. So they'll try to make it 13 in a couple days against the Flames. But this is uh, historic here, what the Oilers are doing, not just in terms of the franchise, but really in in terms of the league. There have been 11 of 13 or longer. So we'll see if they can get over the hump that exists after a dozen. And at at halfway point of the season, they're 25-15. I know you don't look at things like this, Rob, but I I, I like talking about this stuff to some extent. Uh, You know, if you double that, uh, that's 102 points. Yeah, but that means they could have a two and nine. But but that's the thing. Like, what they, in my mind, what they've done on the positive is more remarkable than what was happening on the awful side of the ledger early. I mean, like I said, 20 wins in their last 23 mm-hmm. games. I mean, that's that's not a fluke. No, nope. like, that's this is consistent good play. No, they are a good hockey club. They were a good hockey club at the beginning of the season. They were just playing terribly. It's the same group. Uh, and no one's really changed other than Campbell and Pickers come in, but Pickers only play five, six games. Uh, they, the Oilers got off to a horrible start. But all teams go through stretches. LA's going through that stretch right now. They got one win in their last 10 games. Last I saw, they were losing tonight. Vegas, not near as hot. They've started to lose some games with all the injuries they've had. Teams go through that. It's just, and we talked about it when it happened. It's just so much more noticeable when it starts the season with the expectations the others had. Uh, right now, they are just, you're just, every night you, you the expectations are going to win, and the expectations are going to win with someone else doing something special. And tonight it was Fogel's and Dreisaitl's turn. Yeah. And I, I'm excited. I mean, the Oilers are in a four-game stretch right here where they had a game in Montreal on a Saturday. They had the Maple Leafs here on home ice. Seattle is just kind of like a little appetizer here. we got to get this in. And then Saturday night, Battle of Alberta. Calgary, who lost tonight but are playing much better. Yeah. Uh, and an Oilers team that's trying to extend the streak. And you know the Calgary Flames, as Bob said upstairs, they want to end the streak because right now nobody's talking about the Flames in Alberta because of the way the Edmonton Oilers are playing. Matthews had a hat trick as Toronto beats Calgary 4-3, updating the Advantage Trailer Rental scoreboard, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. In the third, Predators lead the Kings 2-1. L.A. staring down another loss. We'll see if they can rally. Golden Knights looking good against the Rangers up 4-1 with 7.5 to go. Canucks lead the Coyotes 2-1 with 8.5 to go. And some lopsided games earlier, Rob. Lightning over the Wild 7-3. Flyers out shooting the Stars 43-15 and winning 5-1. Capitals over the Blues 5-2. Senators beat the Canadians 6-2. Bruins knock off the Avalanche 5-2. And Buffalo beat Chicago 3-0. That was the game that was scheduled for yesterday and postponed because of the uh, all the travel and weather issues uh, in the Buffalo area. And right here at Rogers Place, 4-2. 12 wins in a row for the Oilers as they beat the Seattle Kraken. You can check in at 780-496-0063. That's the hotline presented by certain teams. The pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainteed pro all the way. We'll also bring you post-game reaction from the Oilers dressing room. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live.
It's shocking when we, when when you think about the way the season started with an eight-one loss. Eight-one was it seven-four in Minnesota? Was, they had was some, the other game in Vancouver six-one or six-two? There's been some off nights. Yet they're playing the right way now, and and it's funny. And it, it I don't know if anyone in Edmonton would have thought it at the time. Maybe the first five weeks of the season is the best thing that ever happened to this team. It's. I, they they realize that they can't play that way. They can't outscore their mistakes in, in the National Hockey like they tried in the past to do. Uh, they had their rock bottom, and I mean the way they're playing right now, it's not always perfect, but they're playing most of the time the right way. And they've got different players stepping up. And it's funny. I heard you talking earlier on the the telecast tonight before the game with Bob, and talking about player movement, who the Oilers need, who they should get. And the one thing that was brought up was. Nobody on this team wants to leave here. Right. I think everybody knows that there could be something special coming this season. Everyone wants to be part of what's happening here, which also leads to players understanding roles and playing them as well as they can, knowing that they don't want the coaching staff or the management to say, hey, maybe we can upgrade here. Right. So you've got team players all through your lineup giving you exactly what you need because they want to be part of whatever happens as this season moves on. Yeah, a really good point. Let's go at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Name one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch. In the second period, it was the first goal. How they got in there and led to um, uh, the Fogel goal. I thought all night they were our best line and they created a lot of stuff. Yeah, and it's another come-from-behind victory tonight. Obviously, you don't want to make that a, a, a trend going down. Well, it has been a trend. We've been down 2-0 quite a bit. Uh, I think our last four games before this, five now, that we've been trailing. Um, this game, we weren't trailing in the third period, but the previous four, we were trailing in the third period. And it's made it hard for us, but they've stuck with it and persevered and got the wins. But it's definitely not something we like to do. Chris, uh, Warren Fogel talked about how it was something obviously you mentioned we want a better start. And, and the thing was, your starts have actually been pretty good up, up until late anyway in the first period. Is there anything that you've seen that's, that can connect you each game to what's lacking early in games? I don't see anything. I think each time it's been a little bit different. I think we've been a little unfortunate on the goal scoring. I think there's been times when we should have scored some goals and we just didn't capitalize. Tonight, there was just one area I didn't like in the first period. I thought we did a lot of good things. We broke out. We were good in the defensive zone. The only thing was on our line rush. They've got a lot of speed got behind us. We weren't quite ready for that. Other than that one little aspect of the game, and it's a really big aspect of the game, um, we fell behind. But 
you know, we addressed that and our defense got a little bit better at that. And uh, yeah, we don't want to fall behind and we'll try and address our starts. You talked about the cane line uh, with Drysaddle and Fogel. We asked him what's working on the line, and he said, I'm getting opportunity. Uh, what did you sense from this player who maybe had to be a little bit patient playing in a different part of the lineup? And, you know, what are you seeing from him now that he's, he's gotten that opportunity? He's been playing really well the last couple of games. Um, a lot more pace to his game, been making plays, um, been hard on the forward check, finishing checks. And, um, you know, I, and also playing Leon absolutely helps. Um, and he's been making the most of it the last couple of games. And that's a line that we'd like to keep together. We'd like to keep them as long as it's working. Um, as long as it's working right now, we're going to keep that as long as, as long as we can. Chris, you have a 12 game winning streak and you know, I think it's tied for the longest ever by a Canadian franchise with Montreal way back in the 60s. Um, are things like that, can they be motivating factors when you're in a streak like this to, to keep it going? How do you approach that or do you try not to, to mention the streak? We don't talk about the streak very much or if at all, I'm not sure what they talk about when I leave the room, but I don't think they do. I think we talk about or we look at or we think about is where we are in the standings. We lose a few games, we're out of the playoff picture. We win a few more games, maybe we're looking at home ice advantage. Uh, that's that's what we're, um, we're focused on right now, just trying to climb the standings as much as we can. So can I, can I just ask you to expand on that? Are you a guy that really focuses on the standings you know, day to day? Are you starting to sense that you're, you're kind of climbing your way up? I think we, we know that we've got some room, some cushion. Before, we absolutely had none. But, you know, I like that we're just taking every game one at a time. You know, we don't have to win them all. We just want to win the next one. You know, famous quote. But it's, um, yeah, we're... We're not watching the standings, we're, but obviously we all know what's going on and where we are, but we don't want to be looking at the scoreboard, looking at who won tonight and who lost and did we make up two, two points or did we lose, all that stuff. We just want to win as many games as possible because we know how important they are. Chris, what did you think of the uh, Gord hit on Ekholm late in the third? I haven't seen it, so I can't comment on it. Um, obviously, there was some animosity between uh, Connor and him off the face-off, and then it leads to that. So I, I'm not sure. I didn't see it, so I shouldn't be commenting. Chris, it's 10 straight games where you've only allowed two or fewer goals. Ties a franchise record, but this was a team for the longest time that wanted to become more consistent defensively. The offense kind of has taken care of itself with the skill that you have. Um, what have you seen overall? Even when you have a tough start, you don't let anything else go in after the fact. Well, what is it about your defensive game right now that you're that's impressed you? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with penalty kill. You know, look, tonight we scored two even strength goals, but we also scored two power play goals. And, you know, you do that, you, you know, you're more likely winning, uh, winning each night. And tonight we gave up two even strength goals, which is probably about average each night, but we didn't give up any, any um, power plays or their power plays. And so a lot of things are going well. Five on five, we're checking well, we're giving up some chances. And when we do, goaltending has been great. And mostly that's been on Skinner, but also picks when he's played. But I think um, just everyone buying in and doing their job 
and there are breakdowns, absolutely. We're not going to play a perfect game ever. And whether that's um, forwards making a turnover or a defenseman missing a check or something like that, but I think we've done a good job eliminating those mistakes and everyone just doing their job. Chris, um, maybe in your mind, if you go back to maybe the beginning of November and if someone walked up to you and said, you're going to be an NHL head coach in a couple of weeks, and then in those first couple of months of the job, you're going to go on an eight-game win streak, and then you're going to take a game on a 12-game win streak. What would you have said to them? Just uh, that they were crazy that I'd be getting the opportunity mid-season as it is, and uh, everything after that would be just absolute nonsense. But just that first part of me being a head coach mid-season in the situation and being able to come to an organization like this is just unfathomable. Hey, Chris, um, you've had some offside calls go not in your favor. What compelled you to make that coach's challenge for that eventually called back goal tonight? Um, recommendation from our video coach, Noah and Mike back there, they look at that. They're the ones that recommend doing it or not. Ultimately, I make the last decision, but they, they're the one who picked it up. They gave me the advice. I just followed my, my orders. So I don't, I don't get any credit on that. That was absolutely all the um, video staff. Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch after a 4-2 win over the crack in 12th straight for the Oilers. Yeah, we, and we talked about that. That's get, as, as we've learned over the years, Rob, just learning more about the process and hearing coaches interviewed post-game. Some, now that one was fast, but this, there's been times where they said we knew before the goal was scored that we had a. Do you remember when Larson broke his foot first game of the season a few years ago, and then Ethan Bear got to got to play? And it was late in the period. The other team didn't score, but Larson blocked a shot with about 30 seconds left in the period, and the other team and the others never cleared the puck. And Tippett said, if they would have scored, it wouldn't have counted. Uh, Larson's, you know, Larson blocked the shot. So anyway, they, they, they rarely is there a, there might be fishing expeditions on goalie interference. Yeah. But, but you rarely do you see one on offside. No, I have a good friend of mine. His name's Kenny McCudden. He was a skills coach in, with the Blackhawks. And also when I was with the minors in the, with the Chicago Wolves, the last number of years he was with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And last year, the year before, he sat with me up in my booth. And he has a headset on while he's sitting with me. He's in contact with the coaches, and he hears everything that's going on. It was against the Oilers, and there was a play in the offensive or in the Oilers' defensive end. And he just looked at me. He said, "If the Oilers score this shift, it's it's disallowed." There was an offside, and this was so they already have it going. And as soon as it happens, the video guy will say, "All right, there's going to be an offside." Because they then, look at every entry, and yeah. they just move on to the next. Well, and, one yeah, it's clean, it's, yeah. And, and that's their job, and they're very good at it. And again, as I said, between periods, if he was getting it wrong, he wouldn't be working in the National Hockey League. They would find someone that gets them right all the time. That one was much easier than a lot of the ones we've seen. A lot of them are, you know, half an inch. That one, he skated. That was just a terrible play by the. The, uh, the Seattle Kraken player. He just did not know what was going on the ice and skated offside when his teammate was about to go down on a partial breakaway. 
Oilers win it 4-2. That's a $400 donation from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com to 630Chet. Santa's anonymous, 100 bucks every time the Oilers score. You're going to hear from Warren Fogel in a couple minutes here, but first, let's go to the Certainty Hotline. We have John standing by. Hi, John, go ahead. Hey, uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Good. Good. Uh, I just don't understand how you, um, Rob Brown thinks the ref thing was satisfactory tonight. Um, uh, I, I, did, I, I don't I, understand that. Well, I, I didn't find the, the ref thing to be too horrible. I thought there was a, a couple big plays. They, they, they got the five-minute major right. Um, I think that a lot of times when you watch a, a hockey game, you're more biased on the referees and the calls that happen towards your team. I, I mean, I didn't. John, which call specifically? Wait, other than so, I think what frustrates me is Connor's hooked and slashed and grabbed onto the entire game, and then Connor goes and does a little, like that first call he got called on with his little. Yeah, he slashed. The stick. He slashed the stick, right. and that guy couldn't get the puck out while he was penalty killing. That's why they called it. Well, why don't they call it on Connor every time then? It well, I mean, Connor drew, Connor drew two or three penalties today. I mean, again, you're, you're going to every – you watch some of the times where Connor grabs a guy's arm and then the guy tries to push his way and that guy gets a call. I mean, you, it's a biased uh, – you, you see the Oilers and what happens wrong to them. I, I'm a neutral up. I, when I sit and watch, I watch as a neutral outsider. And the call that was on McDavid, that was a penalty. The guy didn't clear it. If, if that wasn't a penalty, if they weren't shorthanded not clearing it, probably wouldn't have called it. But because it was, well, they were shorthanded and the puck was kept in, the referee had to call that. Uh... I thought that was a slash. I actually didn't agree with the roughing call on McDavid. I thought the player he he hit dressed that up and made it look like he got hit in the head. Again, I thought he had his, his his elbow was up a little bit. So again, there's both. I, I, we, we've we've talked about it a lot that if you are in Seattle tonight and there's a call-in show, there'd be people calling and they'd be upset well, with Gord some of the calls. Bleeding. Huh? Gord was bleeding at the end of the game. Oh, well, off the face-off. He got stuck off the face-off by McDavid. That's why he was so upset. But I I can't really talk much about that one because I never saw a replay of that because so much happened afterwards. But he was furious about what's ever happened off the face-off against Connor McDavid. All right. Oilers win it 4-2. Two goals from this gentleman, Warren Fogle. Trying to get your hat trick there when you gave me the penalty. Like, did you actually you think there was a hope there? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was confused to be honest because I was I was kind of thinking like read read the game. Like the only reason I was out there was uh, to get the hat trick, right? I'm not on the first unit, um, but I, I thought I got cross checked and slashed. But I uh, I guess Steve saw it a different way. And you think maybe he should factor that in? I, I know you're normally not out. Here. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of said that to him, and then some other probably not right things. But uh, yeah, I was obviously frustrated. But you know what? Happy we got the win, and um, you know. This group keeps battling back and um, super calm, and, and uh, you know, hopefully we can we can uh, continue this. The, the battling back's a great thing, but obviously you don't want to continue to put yourself in that hole. I think that's eight out of twelve that you've had come from behind victories. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's obviously not ideal, and you know, uh, Nauber talked about it before the game, and um, you know. Yeah, not ideal, but, you know, this group keeps sticking with it. You know, we're doing a lot of the right things, and, you know, Stu was, uh, played a huge game again, and, you know, that's what you need from your goaltender. How much pride do you take as a team and tie the franchise record 10 consecutive games by allowing two or fewer goals? Well, I, I, I didn't even know that. Um, you know, I think it's just a credit to everyone just buying in and, you know, taking a lot of pride and playing the right way. And, 
um, you know, this group was down uh, at, the, at rock bottom. So, you know, a lot to uh, climb back and, you know, try to build each day. What does it mean to have a game like that when your, your bros here? And what can you tell? Older, younger brother? Like, what's uh, That's my older brother by uh, two years. And, uh, you know, honestly, I probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. Um, you know, constantly mini stick battles, uh, letting me play road hockey with him. And, you know, I definitely get my uh, competitive drive just from battling with him throughout the years. So, you know, he's a huge part of my life and, you know, happy uh, he was here tonight to give me some luck and uh, hopefully he can bring me some more on uh, Saturday. If only you have his size, eh? Yeah, that's what we were saying, uh, my uh, my parents and I. Uh, you know, he's a big guy and if anyone's looking for a right-hand D, uh, looking for a comeback, uh, you know, he's ready to try out. <laughs> nice to put a little bit of separation between yourself and these guys. Yeah, for sure. This is a huge uh, divisional uh, opponent. You know, we're we're clawing, uh, clawing back, and and so are they. So um, you know, good that uh, you know we got the win, and we got another big matchup against Calgary. Are you sensing you guys are moving yourselves up in the standings? How, how closely are you watching? This? Uh, I think we're aware, but you know, we know there's a lot of work uh, left to do, and you know, just keep taking it day by day. You guys always play it cool on streaks, and we're not thinking too much about it. When does a 12-game win streak be something that you start to think about? Uh, you know, I'm not too sure. I haven't been on too many 12-game streaks in the NHL, but, uh, you know, I think as a group, it, you know, it's cliche. You, you just take it day by day, and, you know, we're a confident group right now, and, you know, we need to continue that. That's tonight's first star, Horror <laughs> Fogle. Now, that was a first-star interview, too. That was yeah. funny. He was he was good. Eh? And it, it's funny when he, he talked about – I know that Ryan Rashog sent me a thing that he – I don't know if he read lips or could hear him where he said, you know, I'm I'm – going for a hat trick I'm yeah. on the power play how and, and it's true like he's out there they put him out there for one reason to get the hat trick he's not going to take a penalty <laughs> he does not want to sit in the penalty box right. he goes I'm out with Connor and Leon they're gonna both be trying to pass me the puck every chance they get uh, that was funny when he's talking about and kind of cool experience to doing having a great night like he did tonight uh, being the star and, and, and having his brother yeah in and, and, and a nice little uh, you know uh, words that he had about his brother, talking about the importance of his brother and the competitiveness and the mini sticks growing up. Sometimes you forget about the human element of, of these players and how important their families are to them. And when you get to share it uh, with your with a sibling, uh, it's just that much more special. And this is uh, a sibling's trip for the Oilers. We know there's been mothers and fathers trips, so there are siblings for this game and then going to Calgary for that I think game. that's one thing the NHL does right. When I played, we didn't have a father's or a mother's trip or a sibling's trip. That, that was not heard of back then. That's something the NHL does right now because, I mean, those your family did so much for you to get you to where you are. It'd be nice to be able to share some of that with them. Oilers win it 4-2 over the Kraken. Whenever Edmonton scores five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village goal light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appy at Japanese Village, now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall, an afternoon celebration for the census. Visit jvedmonton.ca. We'll get to a couple more phone calls, and we'll have more from the Oilers dressing room. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 6.30 chance. Left side to dry saddle in front to Hyman. The shot. Rebound. Scores! Leon Dreisaitl right at the side of the net. A power play goal. And this game's tied in two. All right. That was Dreisaitl's goal tonight. He also had three assists. Oilers beat the Kraken 4-2. 
Adam wins a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. I set the line at one and a half goals scored by the Oilers in the first 30 minutes of the game. They got three of them in the first 7.38 of the second period. They all came. So Adam gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Good thing you changed from the first 20 minutes to the first yeah, 30. Yeah, I was just going to do the first period. I was like, oh, and then you added an extra Because I was going to do the first period. I was only going to do 0.5. I was like, oh, that's not that fun. <laughs> so I did one and a half for the first 30, as I will be operating a casino someday. <laughs> I hope so. That'd be a weird casino. Yeah, but you could give me, like, all the odds and stuff. Like, we could, like, embezzle some money out of the back. Yeah, that's a great plan, Rob. Say it on air. That's good. That's... <laughs> Well, it's late in Edmonton. No one's listening anymore anyways. They're going to bed. Oh, they're listening. They love the Oilers, and they love the, when the Oilers win. Like Rob, for example, who's called in, 780-496-0063. Go ahead, Rob. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Good, good. I just want to discuss, I mean, I think it's fitting after his interview, Warren Fogel tonight. And and for the past, you know, I'd say 10, 15 games being slotted on that line with dry settle. Uh, I know he's a great player, potential-wise. I, I think he's un- underrated a little bit. Um but, you know, playing with a star like Dry Settle and actually converting, not a lot of people can do that. What do you think of Warren Fogel? Do you think Dry Settle kind of saved his career, so to speak? I don't, well, I don't, I don't know career, but I, uh, he's given him uh, opportunities, I, I, yeah. I, you know what I mean. <laughs> well, I, 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 yeah, I mean, Fogel and McLeod both were struggling as a, a third line. They, they weren't producing like they, they needed to produce or like they were expected to. Uh, Fogel's a little snake bitten, uh, but having said that, Leon and his line mates weren't playing well at uh, either. So it was kind of, uh, you know what? Let's just throw it in the blender and try to find something that will work that can help us. And I, Fogel and McLeod and their speed got Leon moving his feet, and they started playing better. And then playing with Leon, obviously, you're going to get a lot more opportunities. He he play makes. He he's the best passer in the National Hockey League. And Fogel and McLeod both have taken advantage of it. I. Uh, is Fogel going to be your second-line winger the remainder of the year going into the playoffs? I don't know if that's the case, but whatever happens going forward, he's gained a ton of confidence. If he goes down and plays with McLeod, they know that they can actually drive a line. So I, I think Fogel has jumped at the opportunity, and he's taken full advantage of it. Oilers win 4-2. They have won 12 straight. This guy was excited about the win, but very angry at Yanni Gord late in the game. Here's Matthias Ekholm. Matthias, what would you say about uh, the group's ability to keep coming back? Maybe not the starts you're wanting, but you seem to figure out ways to, to get back into it. Yeah, that's been a, it's been the theme of this winning streak, I think. We uh, stay composed. We knew we didn't like the first, uh, obviously. And then uh, just come in, take a breath, uh, take a breath uh, get out there back in the game and um, I feel like it hasn't really mattered if it's going into a third going into a second going into the last five minutes of a game we find a way right now to to stay in it and 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 uh, end up on the right side of things so that's obviously a big strength of ours right now and uh, I think the the patience and the confidence in our game has shined through in that part this team's traditionally won a lot of games when your power plays really hard and when Connor gets five points in a night on this street, the power play hasn't been odd, and Connor's been very good, but he's only getting a point a night. Uh, is that a good sign? Um, I guess you can look at it two ways, right? But I think for our group and the where we want to go, I think it's a great thing. Um, we know it's hard for a single player, or you don't want to 
I guess you don't want to rely on one or two guys when come playoff time. And um, the way we're winning games right now, I feel like that's a style where we can show up every night and, and knowing that um, if we play to our capabilities within the system, we're going to have a great chance every night. And that's the way we're... Uh, the way we're looking right now at it and, and and it seems to pay dividends for us and i think it's um great for everybody you keep everybody in the feel like everybody's a part of it and uh i mean you look at the goal scores we've had the last couple of games they've been all uh, up and down throughout the lineup and that's great i think that speaks volumes of this group and, and the steps we've taken yeah i mean i i don't think i'm in a position to um comment too much on what refs do or whatever happens after but I didn't love the hit per se I thought he jumped way too hard I don't think you should ever jump into a hit I think he jumped right at my face and I was just the recipient of it more than anything and that's about it again last year and then again this year we talked about the need to play composed sometimes with 30 seconds in your own zone and just get used to not having to always go get the next goal have you seen that a lot you know when you do get leads in, in this street that you're not trying to extend it and you're just comfortable as a group in their own zone 100 uh, percent, and i think that somewhere that starts with our goaltenders that have been absolutely excellent as of late and they stand in there there have been nights where they keep us in games and and i feel like that's all this group needs right now is to stay in games no matter uh go down early go down late we find ways to to just get back in it and uh i think the defensive zone we've found a calmness if you will or a confidence of just playing and and just it's okay to be that they're in our zone and we can stay on the right side and make sure we don't give up any high danger chances and and the way coming back to our goaltenders they are playing they they'll take the shots from the outside so um i think that's a, a thing that we have wanted ever since i've gotten here at least i think that's something that um been pretty clear that we can get better at and i think we're working on it yes, are you starting to sense that you're gaining some separation from some of these teams namely tonight in seattle be honest with you, I haven't looked at the standings this year because that would have been a tough one to start. So uh, I just trying to keep chipping away here. Um, obviously, we've done some some good uh, good work here as of late, but at the same time, it's a long year. Um, there's a lot of teams in it, so we're just trying to chip away, focus on ourselves. Obviously, we're in a better spot right now, so maybe don't have to look at the standings and be scared of them but um right now uh i think we're just trying to focus on what we're doing and making sure we bring that every night you like you've dug out your team has dug out from that level i mean we're definitely in a better spot um there's still a lot to to be played a lot a lot of games left a lot of uh positioning to to be done so we know we're we're nowhere near where we can just relax and coast the rest of the year um, i don't think any team is i think that's this year has, has taught us that there's been teams that have came out scorching hot and then as of late now they go on 10 game losing streak and it's just they're right back in it so um, I think that as long as we focus on ourselves um, keep bringing the effort we are doing right now and uh, we'll be just fine. You have some family here too? I do not right now, actually. Um, it's a great thing, uh, a mentor's trip like this, but uh, it's quite the hike from Sweden, and it was a little bit of a short notice, so um, I wasn't able to get anyone, but I'm happy to see everybody in here. It makes it more special, for sure. It's, um, it's Pride Night tonight, and I just get the victory in front of the fans in this type of environment. Can you just tell me about the importance of a night like tonight? 
Yeah, it's great. I think this is a great uh, thing for hockey. It's just we want to be an inclusive environment, and I think a win like this with the crowd, with everything going on, I think uh, just for the league and for our team, I think it was a great night. All right, Matthias Ekholm doesn't watch the standings. Rob Brown doesn't watch the standings. Most hockey players don't. My mother watches the standings. And while I was playing, <laughs> I got an excited text from my mother. The Oilers are in third. <laughs> the Kings did lose. The Oilers are no longer a wildcard team. They are third in the Pacific. Canucks 64 points. Vegas 57. Edmonton 51. So the wildcard teams are Nashville with 51 points. And Vegas or uh, L.A. now with uh, 50 as uh, L.A. is going through a really tough time right now. We have Trevor on the line as well. Trevor, go ahead. Oh, we don't have Trevor. Okay. All right. Well, we'll put a capper on it then, Rob. Uh, next game, uh, Saturday, last last weekend, we are saying Saturday night in Montreal. <laughs> well, how about Saturday night in Calgary with a chance to make it a Baker's dozen? Oh, yeah, and the, the Calgary Flames are playing much better hockey tonight. Or now. They, I know they lost to the Leafs today, but they've been on a bit of a stretch where things were going their way. They will certainly want to put an end to uh, this Oilers streak. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a fun game. I think you'll have a loud game. We, we heard uh, a game here the other night with the Leafs in town where there was a lot of fans from both teams. I believe it'll be like that Saturday in Calgary. Uh, there's, is that for 13th win in a row? There's The only thing that's better than winning 13 games in a row is winning 13 games in a row in Calgary. And I think that's the big thing for the O's, is pushing the Calgary Flames a little bit further behind in the playoff picture. Fogel scores twice. Skinner makes 25 saves. Dreisaitl has a goal and three assists. Kane has two assists and gets to 600 points in his career. And that all adds up to a 12-game winning streak for the Edmonton Oilers. And that game against the Flames on 6.30, Jed, Saturday night, 6.30 for the face-off show. The puck will drop at 8. Thanks to Troy Bowler and Kellen Kennedy for their technical work this evening. We've been live in Studio 99. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.